Hi, and welcome to Prevent This, a podcast of your choice, where we cover everything substance abuse related from prevention to treatment to recovery and everything in between. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding mental health, addiction, or substance abuse. Hi, Ashley and Katie here from Your Choice with the Prevent This podcast, and today we have a special guest with us, uh, Joe Hendricks. He is from the Waukesha Police Department, and he's going to fill us in on what he does, but the first time I met Joe, I was actually doing Narcan training uh, for their department, and since then, Joe has been our go-to guy to do some of our webinars, and if we have any questions about substances, he's always willing to help. So welcome, Joe. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, Ashley and Katie. I, your choice. Uh, I, I, I believe in your mission, and I'm, I'm grateful to be partnered with you guys. And uh, yeah, we need to get we need to get the message out there. So awesome. awesome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah. So Joe, tell us a little bit about what you do. All right. Well, I just started my 16th year. Uh, wow. or just just yeah, celebrated my 16th year in law enforcement. 14 of those 16 years, I've been uh, part of this DRE program. We're we'll talking a little bit about that today. That was one of the reasons that. I was asked to come on this podcast. Uh, the Drug Recognition Expert Program uh, started in California, 1979. Uh, actually, LAPD to be exact. They started this program that now went international. It's mm-hmm. in multiple countries, and every state uh, in the United States has this program. So I'm one of 300 law enforcement officers in the state of Wisconsin that's trained uh, as a drug recognition evaluator. Um, and the goal of the uh, program is to get us uh, to, to testify in court as expert uh, witnesses. Expert witnesses in court have the ability of giving their opinion. Mm-hmm. And so the whole, the whole idea behind the training is to, is to make us experts, to uh, provide us. Um, the, the class itself is about a four-week class that uh, dives into the human body, uh, pharmacokinetics, and, and all sorts of different uh, symptoms of, of drug use so that we can recognize those on the street. And then we do a 12-step evaluation form an opinion on if we believe the person is impaired and if they are impaired, uh, what drug category are they uh, impaired under. And so I've been doing that, like I said, for the past 14 years. Uh, I'm now one of the uh, one of the regional coordinators for our state's program for Southeast Wisconsin. So I oversee roughly 50 DREs in uh, Waukesha, uh, Washington, and Ozaki County. So uh, where we are here down in Southeast Wisconsin, we do have a lot of Good training for our officers that are able to pick up on these signs and symptoms. So people might ask, though, well, why wouldn't you just drug test somebody if you suspect that they're using? Why do we need to go through all of that? Well, that's a, those are great questions, and, and one of the so when we when we deal with with citizens out on the on the on the street, so to speak, is um, we we need to make up our, our mind right then and there. We don't have right. that ability to to wait six months for a drug test. We we need to tie their behavior so. Um, DREs get used in, in uh, cases such as uh, I've been involved now in a handful of cases of uh, child abuse, child neglect, uh, where the uh, you know parents were high, um, you know kept their kids out in the cold, or um, just basically weren't being attentive to their parents because they were high and overdosing. Unfortunately, um, I've had to testify. Uh, one of the actually one of the first times I was able to give expert opinion in court was uh, that case right there where a child got into. Um, 
uh, mom and dad's uh, oxy and because okay. they were under the influence and so we would get uh, you know summoned to those types of cases uh, the driving cases are the OWI cases are, are really um, where we get used the most unfortunately we have an OWI problem in Wisconsin and we have a drug driving problem and, and the data now shows that there are more um, drug drivers on the road than uh, alcohol impaired drivers so that's wow. yeah that, that are at least uh, causing the crashes that's that's what the most recent data says so there's a need for this program and then we also get used uh, at the schools so uh, kids show up to school or you know they're they're high um, our SROs our school resource officers we have six in Waukesha uh, they, they work uh, closely with the DRE program and, and they can evaluate that kid to see is you know did they get high on their lunch break and um, or is it something else? Is it something medical? Um, so our training does help us differentiate between some medical issues with the body and and, um, and compare that to drug drug use. So that's my training. That's that's what I do. Wow. So yeah. if like uh, officer comes to a scene and they suspect drug use, then they can call you, and then you come to that scene to evaluate. Right. And I'm one of seven, so uh, I'm pretty fortunate that my agency has seven. Um, wow. There's 50 in Southeast Wisconsin. Yep. And what we would do is we would do a 12-step evaluation. So we, it, those evaluations are investigations, and every investigation you want to, you, you know, seek the truth. We want to find out what exactly is causing this uh, perceived impairment. And so it's like if you if a police police respond to a burglary, they'll call an evidence tech. Right. And that evidence tech will dust for prints and they'll look for uh, tool marks and, and DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, a DRE is a crime scene tech for the human body. So the crime in OWI is that they're impaired. Or the crime right. in if you're armed with a gun and you're impaired, the person, the human body, becomes the crime scene. And so the DRE then processes that crime scene. And then your question about, you know, why, why not just test the drugs? Well, um, unfortunately, that takes time. Right. And, um, not, you know, we don't. The, the law doesn't always um, work on our side as far as, you know, people have the right to refuse the blood test. Mm-hmm. That's an issue, right? Yeah. Uh, for us, so then we still have to prove our case. And then secondly, you know, those those followers that follow your choice are seeing the drug trends come out that you guys are talking about. Our crime lab can't test for all drugs. I mean, that's right. it's, it's just a, that's, a, that's a fact that people need to know. They mm-hmm. do their best, but um, staying up on these trends and, and identifying new substances for a crime lab to test for them, they have to have the control to test against. And so um, that's that can be problematic for us as well. Do people ever just admit what they're on? Uh, so <laughs> so a lot, sometimes people will downplay what they're on. Okay. Um, sometimes people will, you know, sometimes people will tell you uh, straight. But we can't take that as then it must be that, right? right we right. have to we have to do our evaluation. We have to uh, basically uh, go off of the behaviors, the symptoms that we're seeing, and we have to call, we we call it calling what you see. We have to form our opinion based on our observations and, and our conclusions. Now, one thing that I found uh, doing this uh, drug evaluations is that people will often downplay what they're on, and more often people will admit. Uh, Oh, I, I, it's a prescription. I'm on it because they, they right. believe that's safe. They, you know, I can, yeah. And at the end of the day, and this is a good public safety message for anyone listening out there, is that you can still be arrested for OWI in your own prescription. Oh. Um, you, if you're impaired, uh, the law does not allow for a, uh, unless you were prescribed that drug type of defense. It's no, if you're impaired, you're impaired. You can't drive a car. 
um, that you know that's a, a four thousand pound bullet going down the highway. Right. We always tell people um, you can't go armed with a firearm and and, and be under certain prescriptions. So um, hmm. yeah, that's that's, that's good uh, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I imagine over if you've been doing this for that amount of time. Um, drug trends are evolving faster than we at your choice can keep up with <laughs> yeah. sometimes. So how often are your trainings updated? Are you constantly researching? And I'm sure you are. Yeah, so I've been pretty fortunate um, being in the DRE program. We, we were constantly uh, putting out publications, social media postings, emails on new drug trends. We follow, you know, we follow the DEA. We follow um, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our, uh, labs like state lab of hygiene crime labs if they're identifying new drugs um they'll they'll push them out to us as well so and we get that out right away because our the cops on the street need to know about those things yeah yeah would you say more often than not people are on multiple things or is it usually like one thing it's a great question so we call it poly drug use uh Mm -hmm. and if i go back and looked at all my evaluations with uh, the blood results, I would say the majority of them are poly drug use cases. Absolutely. It's, it's, to be honest, it's rare to see just one drug come back in the, in the system. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So did you always want to be a cop? So uh, <laughs> I, I, put, I put some thought into that question because I knew you were going to ask that. And I guess uh, probably about the time from middle school on, um, that was when my decision was pretty much made, and I never looked back at that point. So I was very close with my uh, school. We call them school liaison officers. Yeah. So uh, Denise Survey, if you're listening, thank you, Green Bay School District. She was, uh, <laughs> she basically uh, was a mentor to me, and, and uh, she led me down uh, the road. She kind of took me under her wing, explained everything to me, told me, hey, if this is what you want to do, this is what you should do. Um, and, and I actually picked my college based off some of her recommendations, and she used me to help. Uh, I was helping with the Dare program back then. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that my mind was pretty much made up. Middle school, uh, going into high school, that's that was what I was gonna do. So here I am. Do you still talk to her? Uh, I, I haven't seen her in a, in a long time, and I, uh, but um, I should. I should reach out to yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. My son, he's 11 now, but he's always wanted to be in the military. And then we started watching like How to Catch a Smuggler where they do the airport raids. And now he's like, this is what I want to do. So I might have to hook him up with you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so then you became a cop and then you decided that you wanted to go in the DRE training or did somebody like ask you to do it? Oh, that's a, a great question. So 2007 was the year I got to go to DRE school. Um, like I said, I've been doing it going on 14 years. The way it kind of worked for me was it, it was a calling, but it also, there was a, a definite need. Yeah. So the DRE program started in Wisconsin in 95. So it had been around a while. Okay. And we saw a growing trend of uh, drug drug drivers, drug impairment. And to the average cop, you get maybe eight hours of training in the academy on, okay. on drugs. So uh, there's definitely a need for this program. So 2007, I got uh, I, I put in for it because at that time I was I, I, my first five years of my career I was a night shift night shift that's where all cops start that's what I would tell your son yeah uh, <laughs> how are you at staying up all night right. working all night uh, right. but on night shift we uh, you know we unfortunately saw a lot of uh, impaired drivers mm-hmm. uh, crashes we saw a lot of drugs and so I was pretty active in that area uh, I was fortunate to get picked by my agency. Back then, the school was in Phoenix, Arizona, so oh. I got to go down to Phoenix, Arizona for my training. Um, it's about two weeks classroom. Okay. Uh, it's it's like uh, 
it's like compressing a uh, pharmacy class into two weeks. Um, there's a lot of tests, uh, a big final knowledge test, but when you're done with that, you move on to what's called the field certification. And part of the field certification, I did it in the Maricopa County Jail down in Phoenix, Arizona, where they book in roughly 700 inmates every day. Oh my gosh, uh, And the wow. reason they pick that jail is because of, uh, there's obviously a, there's a drug problem down there. Right. And they're able to grab the, the, the people getting booked into jail that, are, that have uh, taken drugs. And part of the test out of DRE school is to do 12 eval drug influence evaluations on 12 different people and be able to correctly identify what drug category they're under the influence of. Wow. And I keep saying categories and not drug itself because a DRE cannot say you're under the influence of heroin. They right. can say you're under the influence of a narcotic analgesic. So it would be all those drugs okay. in that class. So such as, you know, Vicodin, oxycodone, fentanyl, they, those would all fall under narcotics. So we can say the class because each class, there's seven different drug categories. And then each category has different signs and symptoms that people would display. And so we had to do those 12 evaluations and then be able to correctly identify um, what what drug category or drug categories? Because like we said, a lot mm -hmm. a lot of poly drug use, and then that's how you that's how you graduated, so to speak. Wow! Yeah. Wow! If anybody's interested, um, Joe did do a podcast on, for us on marijuana impairment, so that is on our website. So we'll put a link in the show notes too if you're just curious on what just one classification uh, entails. Mm-hmm. Now, I took a long time ago, I took a training. It was DITAP. And yes. Is that what you do? Yes. So okay. I'm, I'm glad uh, you asked. And I, I hope that we can we can host one locally yes. here soon. The pandemic put a, a, a stop, unfortunately, to some training. But that's a training that we definitely need to get out to our community. We, we hosted one in the Waukesha School District a couple of years back. Um, a lot of the, it's a, so DITAP stands for Drug Impairment Training for Education Professionals. Mm -hmm. It's aimed at any professional, truly, it could be, uh, you know, HR, it could be school teachers, um, counselors, it could mm -hmm. be the school nurses, uh, school ad admin, but it, it really is open to any professional that, that would want to uh, go. It's a two-day class, and it gets into the overview of the drug categories coupled with testing. So some, some testing that you could do, and it's right from the DRE program. So I am a DITEP instructor. Okay. I'm a DRE instructor as well. I've been doing that the last six years. So Wisconsin hosts two DRE schools every year. So when I said we have 300 DREs, yeah. we have to do two schools a year to keep that number moving forward. If we just did one a year, uh, we would be, you know, with retirements and right. stuff like that, and promotion, some people promote out of it, then uh, we would just be status quo by doing two schools every year. Uh, we add more cops that are trained as DRE. So we're at roughly 300 right now. Yeah, and you you started um, your own company to kind of do that too. So if people wanted to do it outside for their work or whatever, they could hire you as a consultant. Yeah, right? so the DRE program is it's, it's uh, funded through the, um, basically through the state of Wisconsin and, mm -hmm. and a lot of our training. Um, I'm a consultant for them. So I, I, I put on like the diet type training. Mm -hmm. I teach one just for law enforcement called A-Ride. Mm -hmm. Advanced Roadside Impaired uh, Driving Enforcement, and that is a two-day class just like DITEP, but for law enforcement. And so my company, essentially, uh, Dart Safety Solutions, uh, was is, is because I am a consultant for the state. So I, I started my LLC back in 2018. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So any crazy stories to share with us being a DRE? <laughs> There's always crazy stories out there, right? <laughs> and because I've been 
involved in a, a decent amount of drug cases. I, I can share some of those stories. Um, I won't use names or anything like that, but we, we've had some, um, some, yeah, some crazy things happen when people take drugs and that's, that's the, the PSA, right? That's the public safety announcement that people need to know is that you might be a, a really good person. You might be, you know, star student, whatever, but when you take a substance that controls your behavior, you do things that are irrational. And mm-hmm. we've had, you know, we've had everything from um, a young kid that tried LSD the first time, luckily not seriously hurt, but jumped out a second store window. Um, you know, LSD is wow. obviously it's a, it's a hallucinogenic drug. Um, in fact, if you talk to people who use it, they talk about the use of a trip sitter, right? They talk right. about a trip sitter as someone who is supposed to watch over you, care for you, make sure you don't do something like jump out a window, right? right. Um, so that happened. We had uh, one of the recent cases that I was involved in. We had a person that uh, was driving their vehicle under the influence of drugs, started to, I guess, get thirsty. Uh, they saw a puddle along a curb, um, jumped out of their car, put their car in park, and literally went down to the puddle and tried to drink the the it's like the all along the curb line and, and rainwater. You know, yeah, just out of you know out, out of their mind, not really knowing what they were doing at the time. That got called in by citizens. Um, we had one in Waukesha that uh, I'm sure some of the listeners have, have had seen this one. It's a a viral uh, video that we released, we put it out as a, as a kind of a public safety announcement, which is we had an individual, we talked about drug trends earlier, Katie, we had just learned of a new drug, it was called N-bomb, and N-bomb is a synthetic form of LSD. Mm-hmm. So we had a Bolton get pushed out saying, hey, this N-bomb is, 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 is hitting the east and the west coast. Well, the way it kind of works for us is you'll see drugs hit the west coast, the east coast, down south, and but it takes usually a year or two to come to the Midwest. Okay. That's just, that's been, and, and sure enough, this N-bomb finally came to the Midwest and we had an individual who took N-bomb, uh, he was completely naked. Uh, that's that's obviously one of the, the clues right there. Um, they're literally burning up from within, they're, they're, they're hot. It, it, it makes your body temperature raise and so they'll strip down naked. Uh, gets behind the uh, uh, wheel of his car, which is uh, obviously, uh, puts the puts the public in danger, and he rammed a squad car. So a squad car was parked near Carroll University, and if you saw the video, he comes, you know, bolting through a fence. He actually drives through a fence and hits the squad car parked there. They give pursuit of him. They get in a pursuit with this guy. Um, they're in the pursuit, pretty uh, erratic driving. He ends up. Uh, flipping around doing a 180 and he, he hits a, a second squad car um, so he, he goes right towards one of the squad cars hits it and uh, luckily he wasn't he wasn't injured and luckily we weren't injured but at the end of the pursuit he does roll his truck and he gets out of his truck and he's yeah he's completely naked and he was under the influence of a hallucinogenic synthetic hallucinogenic known as n-bomb so wow. yeah so staying up to a date on that stuff helped and, and obviously Anytime you deal with something like that, the training for us and to the public is you never want to touch it. That's right. one of those drugs where you can't touch it. You know, it'll go through your skin. Um, wow. It'll you know absorb through your skin. So um, that was that's good to know that that stuff. You know, yeah. just walk up to something and grab it. Did you read the? I think it was a Rolling Stones article about the homicides and about people under the influence of N bomb. 
how yeah. the, it causes some extreme well, I, aggression. I right. Yeah, I it was a scary. It. Right. I read yeah. it for us because we did a little thing on that, and yeah. it was scary. Yeah, that is scary. That's really Again, scary. Again, they might be good people, but when you take a drug, you do irrational things, and you, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you act out. And drugs are one of the messages that, that we need to get out there is they're people-specific, meaning that you could have, you know, five different people all try the same exact dose of a drug. So here, here's one microdose of N-bomb, and all five people are gonna they they they're gonna act differently, right? right? One person might jump out a window, the next person might, you know, strip down naked and, and drive a car, and, and pe- so you never know mm-hmm. they're, they're person specific how they're gonna react and behave. And that's scary for kids because you know they're like, oh, my friend did it and they were fine, right. but then you're the one who did it and maybe doesn't make it through. It's really scary. Exactly. Um, let's see. So what do you wish parents knew about drugs and substances? So the first thing is the parents are listening to this podcast. So I applaud you because that's the first (laughs) thing is that knowledge is power. Uh, We need parents that uh, spend more time on getting to know what is out there. When I do seminars or when I've I've done trainings or die tests, it's amazing how many people uh, haven't heard of NBOM or how many people uh, don't really understand what this fentanyl problem is all about or you know they think that they're getting it from the, the, the hospitals or something like that. It's just, um, so staying educated, knowledge is power. These podcasts, the webinars you guys have done, uh, there's, there's so much information out there. The DEA publications, I mean, mm-hmm. you, can, you can know right uh, what's in your community, what's, uh, what's there. Uh, so knowledge is power. So I'd want parents to know that. The other thing I want parents to know is, uh, as mentioned earlier, about the um, we uh, we need parents to know that there are resources out there that they could be doing their own investigation. So mm-hmm. you can now go to the store and buy, you know, drug testing for fairly cheap. Yeah. And some of the new drug tests drug tests out there, they'll have. I've seen you know, 14 panel ones. That means basically it's testing for 14 different kinds of drugs that are going to be most commonly uh, used. Yeah. And I know, I know your choice. You, you, you folks have some mm-hmm. of those drug tests that you offer the community. Um, that's if so if you suspect something, you can do your own, you can do your own investigation with your kid right there. Um, I also want parents to know this is going to take a little detour from, from drugs, but it'll come right back to drugs, which is it goes back to internet safety. It goes back to monitoring what your kids are doing on the internet and on social media. Uh, if you remember the Silk Road incident, so back in like I think it was like 2010, there was this there was this website that now the FBI had investigated and taken down and make, made some arrests. But it was basically people in other countries. So you got to remember that. Drug drugs and drug policy in other countries is going to be widely different than in, in the United States. So we control everything. Our DEA controls everything here. But in other countries, it's all legal. Right. So what Silk Road was, it was a website, basically dark web Bitcoin. And I know everyone's heard about Bitcoin. Bitcoin has exploded in the past year. Mm-hmm. Is you can trade Bitcoin for illegal substances and it comes right to your, your doorstep. And so I always tell parents, kind of have a little fun with it when we train Say, all right, can you just, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think a drug dealer looks like? You know, describe what you think a drug dealer looks like. And I always, um, it's kind of a trick question because I always tell them, well, the, the, we all share a, a common um, drug dealer in all of our communities, and that's your mailman. So what's your mailman look like? Right. Because uh, drugs through the mail is uh, really the new, 
the new trend. Um, you know, our, and I'm, I'm not, our post office does a, uh, a great job of, of trying to interdict that, of trying to stop that, but they can only do so much. And, right. and so a lot of drugs can come right to your doorstep. I mean, I know there's listeners of this podcast that might even get their prescription drugs mailed to them. So it's it's that easy to get an illegal drug mailed to you as well. So monitor that the, the internet, uh, monitor the cell phone use, make sure that they're, you know, they're not going on dark web, not, not ordering stuff. Um, that that's a that's a huge red flag. So I would want parents to know that. I know too that if you take away your kid's cell phone just from working with kids, that they sometimes always have a burner phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So make sure that you're checking. If you yeah. buy them a new phone, take that old phone because otherwise they just link it up at school on the data and they can do whatever they want. So exactly. yeah. Yeah. The the last thing that I would want parents uh, to know is to help spread the message that if if, if your child falls under peer pressure and makes a mistake and does and maybe tries a drug is don't drive don't get behind the wheel and drive you that 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 one decision there can be a, that can that can really ruin their their career it can, it can ruin their their aspirations in life it can uh, you know it can all come to a halt um, there's it's so easy now to get a an Uber or a mm-hmm. Lyft or, you know, that, that goes for more than drugs too. It goes for alcohol. It's don't, don't drive because the limit for anyone under the age of 21 is 0.0. That's what, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not an 08. It's only an 08 if you're 21. Right. So drinking or using drugs and driving. I mean, our cops are, are pretty well trained. They're going to, they're going to identify some, they're going to identify those signs and symptoms that you are using drugs and, and, and then at that point it becomes a crime. Yeah. Does that count for smoking weed? Because a lot of people don't believe that smoking weed and driving is harmful. We always hear that it makes them a better driver. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so wrong. I mean, that the, the marijuana is it goes right to the brain. The delta nine THC, it's it's impairing, and the part of your body that it that it the receptors are all up in your brain. Those CB one receptors and. Um, you're, it's, we call marijuana head high because that's what it is. I mean, if you saw some of these people try to do the alphabet, try to do the accounting exercise roadside, I, I don't think that those people would share the, uh, the say they wouldn't agree that, oh, it doesn't make, it makes me drive better. Uh, no, it's, uh, it, it's an impairing substance and that is an OWI. So Wisconsin still has, um, one of the strongest laws on the book, which is, it, it's called, we call it the, um, restricted controlled substance law okay uh, it basically says no one can operate with a detectable amount of restricted tr- controlled substance in their blood so it falls mm. it's a subsection of our owi uh, uh, statute and that law says you cannot have a detectable amount of any restricted controlled substance well on, in wisconsin currently uh, delta 9 thc is a rcs it's a restricted controlled substance along with so a restricted controlled substance is anything that a doctor cannot write a prescription for okay so it's basically lsd heroin it, it's it it's marijuana in wisconsin so if you have any amount in your system and you drive that is an owi wow. yeah that's it so same penalties though as like drunk driving yeah and- yep it's it falls under the same statute but um it's actually uh the name of that law is called the Baby Luke Law. Uh, most laws do have a backstory. That one, a, a baby was killed in a car crash by someone who had ingested cocaine, and the cocaine was ingested like a day earlier, but it was still in their system. And after that, they're like, well, how can we have anyone driving on our roadways that have drugs active in their system, regardless if you're impaired or not? Right. So that's the, I didn't say impaired in that definition. It's because you don't, you don't need impairment for that definition. You just need basically to know that there's a 
restricted control substance in their blood. Wow. Yeah. Are you seeing, now with our surrounding states legalizing, are you seeing a lot of people driving down to the other states and then driving across the border? Are we seeing more arrests there? So, so the, I've heard that the border agencies are. I think we're, uh, so where I am, uh, we're a little pretty far from the border where it would take some time. But one of the things that, that got brought to light was, because we thought that, we're like, well, that's going to open the door to everybody who's going to drive down there and then buy it and bring it back. Right. But it's so heavily taxed. Uh, that there apparently there's not a lot of money that could be made if you even wanted to try that uh, because of how taxed it is. What's the tax rate? Do you uh, it, it's enough where um, it, they're, they're, you know, the, the figures in the states that have legalized it are making, you know, in the millions and almost billion dollars. So you can, you can figure that's quite a... I want to yeah. say it's like 37%. Okay. I mean, that's yeah, pretty hefty. If you're, And then if right. you're trying to come back and make money off right. of it here. Yep. Yeah. So right. what does that do for the black market then? It just keeps our black market alive the here. The black market's thriving. It's, yeah. Yeah the, it's, yeah, the black market's still thriving. Wow. Interesting. Okay, Joe, you are a parent as well. So how does what you do affect how you parent your children? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. Uh, definitely will we'll parent a little differently if, if you have... Uh, have seen, I guess, or experienced some of the things that, that law enforcement do. So uh, from the cop perspective, I definitely uh, more strict, uh, more controlling. Um, you know, it, it, it's not a, it's not a, a lot of things aren't rights, they're privileges, right? So mm-hmm. I tell my kids that it's, it's, that's a privilege, not a right. So checking their, checking their, their school iPads, checking their, their phones, um, all those things are, are, are going to be, uh, or are uh, strictly enforced in my house. Now, from a DRE, and so that's from a cop perspective, but from a DRE, it's, um, I can't look at, uh, now that I've, I've, I've been through the training, it's hard to not look at, like, someone's pupil size or, hey, you know, are, they, are, there, are there blood vessels in their eyes? You know, all those things that you can look at, listen to the raspy voice or the, the slurred speech, right? The odors. Um, my kids aren't going to be able to get away with any of that stuff because that's what I'm trained to detect that. So, um I'll definitely be able to, to have more of a knowledge on that. The, the also slang, um, knowing and picking up, and that's another good one for, for parents too, is yeah. the DEA will even put out, they have uh, on their website, the resources, they have slang words for every drug category. Knowing those slang words is like if N-bomb. Right. You know, if a parent doesn't know what N-bomb is and now they come across their child's text message that says, hey, do you have any N-bomb? They're like, hey, what's that? You know, right. so, well, you know what that is, right? It's, yeah. So those, those, uh, that's all going to help me uh, be, be a better parent. And I gladly share my, my uh, experiences too. So if we can get a diet tough class, uh, we, got, we definitely got to publicize that because yeah, I think yeah. uh, people could benefit from that. Yeah, Especially sure. professionals that you, know, you talk about legalization. If it does become legal, I mean, wh- what does that do to the, your, your, the employment world? What does that do? Right. Now, so now we, we worry about, you know, do, do people show up to work with alcohol on their breath? If, if, if now marijuana is legal, are people going to show up to work or are they going to use drugs on their lunch hour? So the, right. it's educating the, um, the managers or the professionals on, on signs and symptoms to look for. Yeah. Yeah, so important. Are you going to search a kid's room? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it's uh, it's 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 yeah, yeah. it's it's not a right. It's a, it's a privilege, right? Absolutely. My yeah. house, it's my room too. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But as a parent, I can do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As a right. parent, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one more question yeah. for you. Um, you know, we're seeing, you know, we talked about drug trends and we're seeing the increase in technology. So for our community in Wisconsin, what up and coming drug trend concerns you the most? So the, I was at a training where, and it was put on by, it was one of the federal agencies and they said, Hey, let me show you guys a picture. And it was, it was very powerful. And what they did was they showed a picture of a uh, of a marijuana field down in uh, another another country, and they said, "Let me show you that marijuana field today." And they so it's the same field, same picture, marijuana plants now are poppies, mm-hmm. and the reason being is because as America has jumped on this uh, legalization of marijuana, these other countries then we you know they would always export that that drug mm-hmm. that product that's how they made money. Right. They no longer are making marijuana now; they're making poppy, um, and that 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 concerns me the most. And if you look at the data, the death rate from opioids is is, is getting out of control. We need to we need to get uh, we need to get our hands we need to get that under control. Yeah. So that trend right there that that was alarming to me. That boy, maybe I'd rather have them growing marijuana <laughs> than right. poppies, right? But then now you look at it and and, and it's. You, you talk about technology and poppies are are you have to have uh, you have to have the climate you have to have the field for them and people are like well, what is going on with fentanyl well it makes sense they're following the playbook it's much easier to make a synthetic drug than it is to grow poppy and, and get heroin so what are we seeing today where the new trend today is that uh, if you actually uh, go to your choices facebook they just shared today the 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 dea drug drug threat assessment for 2020 if you look at that and that's what we've seen, and we knew that was coming, and is that it's the the synthetic narcotic, the fentanyl, has actually taken over the heroin, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's easier for the producers to make it because they can make it in a lab. They don't need the, the four grow seasons, you know, to, to, to harvest their, their crop. And so that is the, the, I guess, the trend that alarms me the most in law enforcement because that, that leads to death. Yeah. That leads to us having to do death notifications that, you know, families losing loved ones. And we're there at, for all of them. I mean, we're there. Right. So, yeah, that one, that one's uh, in, in the potency. So, obviously, fentanyl. I mean, your doctors are giving that to people at, at you know, that are, you know, extreme cancer patients that are, there at, are at the end of their life. Why? Because it's very potent. And so, people abuse that and it's, it's you're dancing with the devil. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners too would say, well, you know, my children are never wouldn't touch fentanyl, but what they don't realize is they're also using that fentanyl and making fake prescription pills. Right. So they're, right. you know, we have kids, p- families who've lost kids to overdosing from a fake Xanax. They thought it was Xanax, but it was really fentanyl. Right. And so it, it trickles down. We don't think my kid would ever do that. They're lacing marijuana. We've seen that too. Yeah, we've had kids overdose from that. So it does spread farther than what we think. Yeah, you bring up a good point. The the pill presses and how easy it would be to... (sighs) I mean, you can go online right now and I can have one shipped to my house in a a day. I can Mm -hmm. find a pill press and I can make whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And you can stamp it with Vicodin, Percocet, Xanax. So... Yeah, yeah, it can affect our kids. Technology. So you, so Katie asked the question. Technology can be a, a great thing, but it can also lead to other other issues, right? Yeah, yeah, you see that. Yeah, yeah. Any other questions? Not on my end. How about you, Joe? Anything you want our listeners to know? 
Uh, be safe, uh, make good decisions, uh, and knowledge is power. So uh, your choice, uh, great partner. I, I appreciate this partnership. I, I wish people take the time to listen to your message and you know listen to the podcast that you put out there because uh, you know you, knowledge is power. And maybe you can, maybe you know someone that that needs to to hear some of the stuff mm-hmm. that you offer, and uh, you can point people in the right direction. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely become more of a podcaster now. It's it's great just yeah. driving and you know I, I to yeah. and from work. It's now it's mostly podcasts that I listen yeah, right? to. So that's Same. that's great. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we really appreciate all the insight and maybe you can come back and update us uh, yeah. <laughs> with the yeah. trends that are happening so fast. We even have a hard time keeping up. So yeah, we really good. appreciate that. So thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want some resources you can check out our website at yourchoiceprevention.org we have other podcasts we have fact sheets on the different substances we have a ton of webinars uh, so make sure to check that out